On today's episode, we're sharing all of our best tips for flying with kids. If you've never flown and never flown with kids or have anxiety about bringing babies and toddlers on a flight, this episode is for you. Hello and welcome to Pixie Dust Parents. We are your Pixie Dust Parents. I'm Alicia. And I'm Nicole. We're two moms who love bringing our kids to Disney World and Disneyland. On today's episode, we're taking a deep dive into flying with kids. What to expect, what to plan for, and what are the best tools to get through a three plus hour flight with kids. All right. So getting around the airport, getting checked in for a flight, all of the steps, we don't want to assume that everyone has done this before. And it can be stressful or even anxiety inducing to think about if you really haven't done it, or if you haven't done it recently, and you know, you're not sure of all of the rules. And there are a lot of rules to flying. Uh, So here's a quick recap of everything that happens when you get to the airport for a flight and we're strictly talking domestic flights. So you'll want to arrive at least two hours before your domestic flight in most cases, Uh, especially if you don't have TSA pre-check, which is sort of a line cutting solution for security. (laughs) It's like a lightning lane. (laughs) It is a lightning lane for security. So the first step is, Once you arrive at the airport, you'll go to either the check-in desk for your airline or one of those self-service kiosks if you haven't checked in on their app. Oftentimes, airlines have an app, and you can just check in on that. The next thing that happens is if you have luggage, you need to get it tagged and then dropped off. And typically, you do have to see a airline employee, I almost called him a cast member, an airline (laughs) employee to get those bags weighed and then they tag them and they go off on their little conveyor belt ride into the back (laughs) of the airport. This is also um, a check-in. They'll check your ID. If you you don't have a paper ticket and you want one, they can print one for you, that sort of thing. There's usually a line for this part of the process. It isn't usually too bad at our airport, but it really depends on the airport. And I've definitely waited in a very long line at MCO. Yeah. Uh, and um, there's there's no line skipping for it. <laughs> and I think it also depends on just the time of day too. Like yeah. you could drive to the airport, pick someone up and see, oh, wow, there's no one here. But if you go maybe an hour later, it's a totally different, totally different amount of people. So I think it also, yeah, depends yes. on the the flight impact and time of day. (laughs) It can also be a situation where like on our last flight, because we boarded at 5 15 AM when we got there at 4 (laughs) AM, our airport was dead. There was nobody there, but there were also (laughs) no employees there. So there was only one person checking luggage for all of the Delta flights. Wow. And it was like, that's a long time to wait for checking these bags. Okay. Well, (laughs) we're just going to go with it. (laughs) So the next part of the process is the thing that is probably the most anxiety inducing for people. And that's the security, the TSA security line. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is the line where you have to take out your 
three ounce containers of liquid that are contained within a quart size bag. You have to take off your shoes. You go for the like full body scan. Um, they x-ray everything. Everything has to be sort of disassembled. If you have a, a laptop, you have to take out a laptop. I think, I don't remember if you have to take out tablets or not. Uh, I don't remember. And I really think it kind of depends on the airline. Um, and sometimes my mom has gone through and they say, just leave your laptops in. Like, I think it's when maybe the lines are extra long or something. Sure. And they're just trying to rush people through. So um, just like with Disney security, listen up because they're most likely telling you what to do. I know it's so hard to focus on anything else, but like, just listen up. Cause I guarantee you the security is telling you, you know, yes. what to do, what you need to take out all of that. Yes. And it may not be with the same magical tone as Disney <laughs> security. Likely no, especially so, at 4am, but <laughs> yeah, they can't, they can be a little prickly. Understand that it's not about you. Um, yeah. And oh, also yeah. Check your pockets. Um, yeah. That's one thing. I always accidentally leave even just the smallest thing in a pocket. Your body needs to be empty besides your clothing. Sometimes they'll even make you take off like a oversized jacket um, or even like I've had them tell me take off like a heavy cardigan and all I had on underneath was like a spaghetti strap type shirt. Uh-huh. And I'm like, really, guys? Yeah. <laughs> so be aware of that. Um, but definitely empty your pockets. I like to throw everything in the backpack. Um, so it's not like all separated in different bins. Um, right. Yeah. I always have my like crossbody fanny pack with, yeah. and I just shove everything in there and then Perfect. put that in one of the little, um, basket thingies. But I've also had like my Apple watch set it off before. Like oh. the Apple watch was just like too close <laughs> to the scanner. So I also just like spin my watch around. So it's inside my wrist. Ooh, smart. Because technically you're not, you don't have to take those things off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, w- so disclosure, we both have TSA pre-check. Yes. And would recommend it to anyone flying with children. <laughs> like It is well worth the money spent. Oh my goodness, um, yes. So we don't have to go through, we just go through a metal detector instead of the scanner. And then... Um, the kids also go through the metal detector with us and they and don't have to have pre-check. No, just, just the adults kids which is 12 and under awesome. get to go through on your pre-check. So once they turn 12 that you have to pay for it for them separately. Uh, but yes, they get to go through with you if they're little and it's amazing. Like it saves you a lot of time. We do not take our liquids out. We do not take our shoes off. Um, <laughs> kids can wear their hoodies typically we can wear a sweatshirt most of the time. Yeah. Not always. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's a much faster process. There's a lot less to remember. And you typically see people who either fly a lot or families in that pre-check line. So that's, um, that's just the disclosure for you. We don't, we don't deal with the liquid thing. Um, And it is, it is life changing. I don't know how we'd ever go back to not having pre-check. That's what I was honest. just thinking. <laughs> it's like I've I, we got pre-check and never looked back. <laughs> yeah, and like it's I think it's eighty five dollars and it's it lasts for five years. Yeah. So it's not even a huge expense. Like if you're flying even once a year, it really breaks down. You know the cost and the worthiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in January, when we flew with my family, 
my sister's family and my parents don't have pre-check. And so we all arrived at MCO at the same time. They headed straight to security after dropping their luggage. We headed to the bathroom. We did a little shopping. (laughs) We went through security and we still got through and were seated 20 minutes before they got through. Oh my goodness. Yes. The pre-check is definitely worth it. I agree. Completely agree. So once you get through security, you usually have to get reassembled. There's some shoes to put back on, belts to put back on, bags to take out again. Oh, the other thing that we skipped about security is like no water bottles. Like you can't have bottles of water or filled refillable water bottles. Everything has to be sort of empty. So we usually do, you know, tossing stuff out right beforehand and that sort of thing. So this is once you're through security, now you can go fill your water bottles, that sort of thing. We typically stop and use the bathroom, sort of reconfigure everything. And then we head towards our gate. And real quick, I do want to add in there that if you are traveling with like a younger one, um, like I would travel a lot with breast milk or even prepared um, formula bottles, be expected that even if you have pre-check, your bag will likely be pulled so they can inspect those bottles. Um, I would always come with at least one, if not two, like pre-made bottles or bags of um, breast milk and our bags likely get pulled and they just test it real quick. So that's just some time to account for in like building out the whole, (laughs) your schedule of arrival at um, the airport. There's been a few times um, most recently when I have taken just regular milk for my toddler and they did not pull our bag. Um, I shared that about on one of my last trip reports, how they didn't pull our bag and luckily that saved us. But um, I asked like, okay, what's the, you know, what's the rules? Like sometimes it gets pulled most of the time (laughs) and sometimes it doesn't. And they said it just kind of really depends on the amount. And I was like, I think an eight ounce bottle is going to be an eight ounce bottle. <laughs> right. right. So um, just build that. I would, yeah, definitely build that into your timeline. Yes. And you can bring food through. You can bring food for ch- like babies and little kids mm-hmm. through um, that is liquid. So we always bring go-go squeeze pouches and things like that. Um, I don't think that we've ever had those tested mm-hmm. or checked. And I think part of that is because they're sealed. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not like a filled from home Mm -hmm. situation. So you can tell that they are sealed and unopened, but you can bring those things with for your little kids. I bring things for my son as well. And they haven't, they haven't been a problem. Mm -mm. And I know my sister's daughter, my niece has food allergies. So they bring their own snacks along and that has also not been a problem. So there is some, I guess, flexibility Mm -hmm. Uh, but you'll want to be prepared and expect for those things to be checked. Yeah. Like Nicole said. So we typically head to the gate right away because I have a lot of anxiety about not getting to the gate. (laughs) Have you seen those videos where it's like heading to my gate so I can double check that it actually exists before I go do everything else? (laughs) Yes. It's 100% accurate. 100%. Like, yep, I got to get there real quick see that it's really there, see that it hasn't changed, (laughs) verify the seating situation. And now we're going to go buy snacks and use the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. 
typically you want to arrive at your gate at least 40 minutes before departure time, because you'll probably start boarding within that 30 to 40 minute time frame. Nicole, one thing I want to touch on before we go back to boarding at the gate mm-hmm. um, is that TSA, pre- uh, sorry, not TSA pre-check, but the TSA line. This applies for both pre-check and the regular line. And that is when you get up to the security member, the security employee that checks IDs, they'll um, they'll look at your ID, they'll scan your boarding card, whatever. They scan the boarding cards for the kids as well. And then they'll sort of give you an eyeball to make sure you match <laughs> what you are supposed to look like, uh, make sure it's really you. And then for the kids, because kids don't have driver's licenses or passports, they'll oftentimes ask the older kids what their names are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll even ask, like, who is this adult that you're with? Yeah. And so kids have to be ready to answer <laughs> TSA agents. And that isn't always the smoothest process. And you might not always have the most compliant child. Same. So, yeah. so far they haven't asked Betty at all because she's pretty stony faced. Um, <laughs> but they do often ask Eddie, like, what's your name? Who is this person you're traveling with? You know, what are you doing? And he is a super, he's like a 45 year old man. He He's a very chatty, outgoing fellow, but I don't know that all kids are like that. And that could be, that could be kind of nerve wracking. It is um, because that's how Hunter is around people that try and chat with him. I mean, even in the store, he kind of like turns to be a bit shy and that's exactly what happens. Um, I try to prep him before, like they're going to ask you your name. You'll tell them my name's Hunter. This is my mommy. Um, but I, I always kind of laugh at myself while I'm do that, doing that, like in the security line. Cause I'm like, it probably looks like I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> really prep this child, but they are mine. Um, But yeah, Hunter has oftentimes just kind of shut down and turns away. I mean, I have their um, documentation like with me, but he, um, yeah, will just shut down and turn away if they like ask his name most of the time. So it really hasn't been a huge problem, but it always happens when I forget to like prep him that they will be doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I should probably start flying with documentation. Do you just use like a copy of their birth certificate? Yeah, that's exactly what I do because I'm too afraid to lose their actual. <laughs> yeah. Their actual. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just keep a folded up copy um, in my like small wallet with us. Um, and then Previously, I have taken pictures to also just have it on my phone. Um, And I don't know, like, I guess, like hacker wise, (laughs) if that's like safe or not to keep on a phone long term. But as far as like that kind of documentation and even just like insurance cards, I have those picture um, on my phone. Yeah. At least while we're on vacation. Yep. Same. I always, I mean, I bring our insurance cards with and things like that, but I always, and when it was necessary, like I had our COVID vaccination cards saved Mm -hmm. on the phone too. So it was like, just in case we got separated (laughs) from my purse or, you know, like we lost something and we needed that documentation, I'd have the pictures, Mm -hmm. Um, but I haven't gone as far as taking pictures of their birth certificates or bringing with copies. I probably should, but um, (laughs) for the first couple of years, Eddie's passport was still valid. So I just Um, brought that with, 
it has since expired because we haven't left the country. We didn't leave the country, you know, during the pandemic and it kids' passports are only good for five years. So um, we should probably just look at maybe getting those updated mm-hmm. and getting one for Betty. And then we'd be set that way. I think that that would probably be more useful yeah. just in case you're <laughs> going to leave the country um, or, you know, taking any trips. But mm-hmm. we also, we don't have the, um, I don't have like the federal real ID yet because. Girl. Men- <laughs> They've been preaching that since I was like 10. (laughs) Let me tell you a little story. Minnesota didn't legalize them until, oh my gosh, 2019, I think. Okay. We literally couldn't get them because Mm. they, Minnesota is really, really strict about access and like privacy. And I don't know. Yeah. There was a whole like debate politically and in the house and in the Senate and the state Mm -hmm. capital about it. So they weren't even here until like 2019. So in 2020, I went, I spent my birthday at the DMV for three hours. Oh goodness. And I was pregnant. Oh, so it was just miserable, just totally miserable. But I brought my passport. I brought my, all my stuff. I was going to get my real ID and I got up to the counter after my two hour, 45 minute wait. Uh And the, like the hub for the passport agency where they like verify your passport that's located out in Seattle, their computers were down. (gasps) No. Yeah. It was just like our January flight when the FAA hub was down. Like we, we could, there was nothing that could be down there. Like we can give you a regular ID, but if you want the real ID, we can't, sorry, you'll have to come back. You could come back on Saturday and skip the line. I'm like, Oh, that, yeah, that's going to happen. I'm for sure <laughs> going to skip the line. Um, so I said, that's fine. Just give me the regular one. <laughs> so it expires next year. And I do have the passport, so I can always, you know, just bring that, but yeah, yeah. we don't have a real ID yet. <laughs> My husband has one. His worked when he didn't get his, but mine, I tried. I did my best. Uh-huh. So anyway, um, yeah, kids do get questioned at security from time to time. So, you know, if your kids are old enough, be prepared and let them know that, you know, the security officer might be asking them questions. Please, you know, answer them and be polite, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So once you're at the gate, um, this is, if you have enough time, you can sit and hang out. Uh, Betty loves climbing all over the chairs. Uh, (laughs) It's like a playground. (laughs) It is like, it's a whole new world. I mean, when you're two, anything can be an adventure. So she really loves those little chairs. And then both of my kids are usually like, all right, tablets and snacks, please, mom. Um, just depending on how much time we have. This is also like, this is when you would want to get a tag for your stroller or car seat. Anything that you're going to be gate checking has to have a little gate check tag on it. And the desk can help you with that. Like note this, because this is the thing that I always forget because I get through TSA and I'm like, okay, cool. Like just breezing through, hanging out. And then it's like 10 minutes before boarding. And I'm like, oh my God, we have to check or get a tag for our stroller. That's if, when and if we bring a stroller. But this, <laughs> what you just said, um, yep. note this down because this is what I always forget. <laughs> I have definitely 
like gone up to the gate agent before it was the right flight because it was so early. Oh, but so you're the, like the opposite. <laughs> no, oh no, it's it's hit or miss, Nicole. It is hit or miss. I'm either too early or we are literally giving scanning our boarding passes to get on. And they're like, does that have a tag? And I have this panic in my eyes, like, oh, no. I forgot the tag. It's really not that big of a deal. They'll just give you one. But my mind, like it, I blow it up into a huge issue. So I like to have my gate tag ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It just, it helps keep things calm and seamless. I actually just took our gate tag off the stroller because <laughs> we hadn't used the stroller for so long. Um, so yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to, a lot to consider there. And then you'll line up depending on which boarding group you are um, and different airlines do things differently. We've mentioned we typically fly on Delta uh, because it's a hub in Minneapolis. And so we have like the sky miles thing and the sky rewards card. So we get to priority board. Usually airlines let families with little kids board, but I've also had plenty of flights that because they're going to MCO, they don't Uh offer that because everyone (laughs) boarding has little kids. So it's just general boarding. Uh, But yeah, so we typically board right after first class Mm-hmm. And then we're able to get on the plane, get car seats or boot, you know, whatever installed, um, get the the stroller packed up for the gate check down at the end of the walkway, and then get up into our seats and get on the plane. How about you? What What's your a routine? Yeah, what's your routine for getting in the plane? Yeah, um, so we fly Southwest, um, similar to what you're saying with Delta. We have. Um, we use their points. I have the companion pass, um, which saves us so much money. <laughs> and so nice. I wish we had that. Yeah. So um, Southwest out of our area has a ton of um, direct nonstop flights, which I live for. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get a nonstop flight, definitely suggest that even if it's a little bit extra, it's so worth it. Um, so I typically fly alone with the kiddos. Um, when I have my husband, I don't know if it's much more help because we all, we already got our routine pretty much down. Um, and that's coming out of TSA is pretty much like when it starts. Um, you know, we hit the bathroom, fill up our water bottles and then head to our gate. The kiddos usually will go over towards, um, the windows and we like to, you know, make sure the snack cart is there. My my son is always like, Oh, look at they're filling up snacks for us. <laughs> <laughs> he he can easily identify the Southwest snack cart. <laughs> That's <a> hilarious. <laughs> it is. Yeah. We watch them, you know, fill up the fuel and thinking about it now, I guess it is somewhat of a learning experience. So I feel very educational providing this vocabulary for them. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Um, so we kind of hang out out there, let the kiddos, um, get their wiggles out. I try to save the snacks until the plane, but they usually want something before. Um, so I'll probably dish out a snack or two and then, um, getting in line. We used to have a list which would auto check us in and get us to the 
somewhat front of the line um, with Southwest. They have three different boarding groups. There's A, B, and C. Basically, if you're in A or B, you're good to go on pretty much picking wherever you want to sit um, because they are a open seating airline. Mm-hmm. So it's first come, first serve. Um, the sooner you get on, the more options. If you're in C, that would make me a bit nervous, but families always board right after A. So with A-list, we were usually um, you know, one of the first few on right behind the business class, which I guess is like their first class. Now that we don't have A-list, uh, we are either usually right at like the end of A group or um, we just board right after the A group um, with family boarding. So we can pretty much get on with a good amount of seating options. But yeah, my goodness. I think going off of what both of we have is just having a an airline, if you fly often, that you kind of stick with. And having this like routine, knowing that we're going to, you know, the Southwest gates, knowing that area, like my kids could probably navigate that Southwest area of the airport very easily. Um, And we don't have a huge, you know, airport terminal, but we don't have a very small one. So um, (laughs) they know where to walk to go to the bathroom. They know, you know, where the water bottle station is right outside of the bathroom and usually kind of like our gate area. So just getting that routine down or even I usually discuss the routine with them before, Mm -hmm. especially my son. He just needs a lot of prepping and it makes the whole thing go a lot smoother. Also like providing that independence and like my thing for my son is giving him the printout of the boarding pass. I always have them on my phone just in case, but him having the printout in his hand that he is able to show over to the person checking us in for the flight. He like lives for that. <laughs> That's so cute. It, it That's is adorable. It's like at first it was kind of irritating because <laughs> yeah. I was like, "No, let's go chop chop!" Like, and yeah. then I just had to take a step back and be like, "Okay, if I allow myself like three more minutes for this process to pan out, it will probably save us from a meltdown." So. <laughs> Right. He likes to have that level of control and Mm -hmm. that level of engagement. Yes. So very much so. Let him do his thing. Yes. My (laughs) kiddo has never asked, but he knows that we get to go to the snack store. I always let him pick out one or two snacks around the plate. I mean, we have a bunch of snacks packed, Mm -hmm. but he, he's like, I will take a bag of regular Lay's (laughs) and some candy. And it's so sweet because, you know, it's just, it's not anything like super exciting or super thrilling. He doesn't like go crazy or anything. Yeah. Um, But it's that routine. Yeah. I think that really makes a difference. I think it's hard if you're in a bigger airport or if you have to, you know, fly, if you only fly a couple of times, yeah. in their childhood, that could be difficult. You know, really like there are some really good airplane books, airport books. Like I know Usborne Books has a couple um, really detailed books about airports and airplanes and what it's like to take a trip. Uh-huh. So just reading some books might be good. There's probably some YouTube point of view videos um, in various airports, mm-hmm. but our flights have varied, even though they're all in Delta, even though they're typically the same time of day where F and G terminal or or F and G concourse are like 
the big close ones that are mostly like the big Delta flights. And then Mm -hmm. like A, B, and C are the long moving walkway away. And those are usually the smaller regional flights. But we did have one flight to Florida that was on one of, I think it was in C concourse. And I was like, oh, okay. I, okay. I guess we're all right to the moving walkway kids. <laughs> um, so that was surprising because that isn't usually, that isn't usually something that we deal with uh, yeah, because we're always flying the same airline. So uh-huh. they can switch it up on us here sometimes. And that can be really confusing. Um, but yeah, like we have our favorite bathroom and our favorite spots, you you know, fill the water bottles, things like that. Speaking of bathroom, so we usually, especially when I fly solo with the kids, yeah, um, a lot of airports I'm noticing are really pushing those companion bathrooms and like mm-hmm. having those available near the other ones. And I always try to go in there because <laughs> it's so much easier. Yeah. Like, toting the kids in there. Usually you can fit the stroller. Um, so I always try to head in there. There's also, um, like nursing rooms or even just diaper change rooms. Mm -hmm. I wish all of them had a toilet because if I could just like one and done diaper change. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I know. And I get it. Like I get, it's so hard because you're not supposed to have to breastfeed or nurse or pump where there's also a toilet. Uh huh. Yes. Because cleanliness and germs and that part, yes. Nobody else eats in bathrooms. No. But it would be really nice if it was just like a two part space. If I mean, if mm-hmm. we're making wishes here, yes. <laughs> let's just make it it's a, a minute. Two, make it a two part room, like with a room that is closed off that has the bathroom portion, and then the other room that has like a feeding lounge area. Okay, they don't so have to be big, but <laughs> just, you know, like, we want a baby center in every airport in every terminal. Do it now, please. Yes. That's exactly what I want. Yes. Please, a partitioned area that's closed off so we could do our business, but also yeah, have the babies eat or pump in a sanitary area. 100%. You know there's also like some airports that have those like nursing pods that are like just in the middle of the hallway, the walkway that like you can just pop into, but mm. I've never used one of those. Once you get on the plane and getting on the plane can be a timely process as well. There's a, there's a lot of standing yes, and a lot of waiting for your turn. And the thing my son always says is, mom, why are we just standing here? Uh-huh. And he knows, like he knows why you're standing here. You're standing here because you're in line to get on the plane. Everybody else has to get on the plane. They got to put their bags away. You know, it just takes a while. We almost always sit at the back of the plane And so we have a long walk once we get onto the actual plane. Um, But that is another time I've often put Betty in a baby carrier just to deal with that time. Like even if I don't carry her any of the rest of the trip, I have often carried her at that time so that I at least can control where her body is um, (laughs) because it can be, it could be a lot to ask a toddler to just wait in that line. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that is sort of the overview of like getting to the airport, dropping off your stuff, getting on the plane, getting through security, all of that. Um, there's a lot to consider in terms of timing. You don't want to be there too early, but you also don't want to be rushed or, you know, have your bags tagged as late. (laughs) 
<laughs> Oops. <laughs> Look at it too. Um, and then also like time of day, we talk about it a lot. You've talked about your later flights are not as um, smooth as your earlier morning flights. Definitely. And a big part of it is because you rely on compliance from your kids. Uh-huh. And I mean, as someone who has scooped my toddler off the floor at TSA, <laughs> you want them to be in their best, most compliant moods. Um, and honestly, like mornings are probably the best option for that yes. for, I would say most kids. <laughs> All right. So take us through what you sort of do once you're on the plane. Yeah. So, um, I was going to ask, you say you go to the back of the plane. Um, why is your preference in the back? Um, it really isn't. <laughs> okay. We've had, I've had so many issues with booking flights where they've moved one of our seats. And um, then because Delta, you have to pay for your seat. And because we have the Sky Miles perks, we don't usually have to pay. There's, I think it's like from row, I don't know, 18 back. You don't usually have to pay extra for it as long as you're booking a main cabin seat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to pay extra for seats towards the front. That makes um, sense. I don't want to be on the wing because then you can't see. And being able to see out matters to the little people. (laughs) And and then, yeah, we've sort of been, we always try to aim for the middle of the plane. And we typically just end up in the back. Like the last two or three times, it was because of seat assignments changing, um, which is something that can happen. And then just, you know, calling and saying, hey, this is a seven-year-old kid who is going to freak out if he's not with his family. Can you put him oh, yeah. closer to us? Oh. And then they'll adjust it. But they typically leave the back row of seats open for situations like that. Mm-hmm. And so we've been moved to right in front of the bathrooms for a couple of different flights. Okay. That totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a preference so much, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, because we also take our sweet, slow moving time to get off that plane uh-huh. And it sort of lessens that anxiety when you land of like, okay, I got to grab everything, get, get everything together. put together and I got to drag Feel these that. kids off the plane. Oh my gosh, there's people waiting. Yes. Like I'm in someone's way. Okay. My thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what goes through my head. Yeah. Yep. Even <laughs> yep. um, okay. So that makes sense because I always think in terms of like Southwest, how it's open seating. Um, and so I often forget, you know, a lot of airlines do have like where you select your seat before, um, which can definitely lower any type of like anxiety as far as getting on the plane, what seats are open, is Mm -hmm. there, you know, three seats next to each other, all of that. So that's a, yeah, good input for us. Um, again, Southwest open seating. So we get on the plane and usually the first, um, probably 10, I don't know, like five to 10 rows are probably taken, um, with people here or there. So when I'm flying, um, with it typically being me, my son, my daughter, um, (laughs) my son is my companion pass. So he technically has a ticket. I'm ticketed. My daughter is not ticketed. (laughs) Thank goodness. Um, but I, we will take one of the first open rows that we see And of course I let my son pick. Sometimes he goes a few more rows than I would have preferred. Mm -hmm. I try to get 
as close to the front as possible. Um, I feel like a lot of um, times families think that they need to go to the back of the plane because, oh, I'm flying with kids. If my kids cry, I should be at the, you know, the back of the plane farthest from everyone. I say no. No. Nope. Someone is bothered <laughs> by my child. Maybe they should fly private. Or um, just put in some headphones. It'll exactly. be fine. Yes. Yep. Um, my kid has any kid has just a right to be on that plane, whether they're crying or sitting in silence as any other adult around them. Um, So I 100% yes, agree that I've had a couple ahead of me. Um, We chatted after a flight and um, they're like, oh, we bring uh, noise canceling headphones because, you know, we know it's a, a chance. And I said, that is how everyone should be that isn't flying with kids. You need to prepare yourself that there will be a crying kid. Yes. So it's not, you know, I'm, I'm doing my part. I'm trying to keep my kiddo, um, you know, nice and relaxed on this flight, but it's not always a, a guarantee. So you should also prepare yourself and yes. that that could happen. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, the narrative that kids should be not on planes or should oh. be quiet on planes, like with their <laughs> kids, they're little people. Yes. We were all little people at some point. Mm-hmm. That adult who is super annoyed by my kid was probably a super annoying kid as well at some point. In fact, <laughs> I can guarantee that they were. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's part of life. If you're flying and I don't care where you're flying, but especially if you're flying to a location with a Disney park, mm-hmm. you can expect those kids to be upset or noisy at some point. Yeah. And like, you're just going to deal with kids on planes. I, we had a flight home from London once that there was a family of, with five little kids right across the aisle from us. And Uh one of the little babies, I think they cried the whole time. I don't know if their ears were bothering them. Yeah. And I felt so bad for their mom and dad. Honestly, like I just put in my headphones. This was before we had kids. I just put in my headphones and didn't, you know, worry about it because it's Uh not something that I can control. Just, you know, take a deep breath and get over it. Um, I do try to keep them from being disruptive. Of course, like you, you're going to parent your kids. You're not going to want them yelling, screaming, jumping, climbing all over everything. Yeah. Which is of course their natural inclination because, (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is exciting. Yes. Um, (laughs) And I did apologize to someone on a flight recently because Betty was kicking their seat. Uh And I like, it was frustrating. I could not get her to stop the lady that she was, she was super gracious and also was like definitely taking advantage of the drinks on flight. So um, (laughs) she was like, she's fine. It's fine. No big deal. Like, um, so that was actually really, really sweet that, she was really kind about it. Um, yeah. I don't know that I would be kind about a kid kicking my seat, but um, eventually, you know, you just have to try She's too, like you tell her to stop something. She just does it more. So you have to like have a bag of tricks and like distract them and here, look at this shiny object. Don't you want to do this instead? Yeah. Um, and hope that it works. So, and that's how Hunter is his, it's not that he's necessarily purposefully kicking the seat in front of him, um, as like a fidget thing. Yeah. It's that his little legs are too little to reach the floor. Yep. So he is using the seat in front of him to push himself up. So I've had a very opposite experience where the woman in front of us 
turned around and said, can I ask your son to stop pushing on my seat? And I, you know, very sternly reminded her that I am, as she could hear, reminding him not to push on the seat and to put his feet down. So... Yeah. And there's a difference. Like when parents are just ignoring (laughs) their kids' behavior or like, you know, putting in their earbuds and just letting them loose. Yeah. That's a different story. But when you can hear parents doing their best, like trying to get their kids to listen, understand, like comply again with compliance, like, (laughs) um, yeah, don't, don't make it a bigger deal than it has to be. And sorry if it's uncomfortable for you, but kids exist in this world and they're going to be on planes too. And I think it's frustrating. And I think a lot of moms especially take it personally that this rhetoric that kids aren't allowed on planes. Nobody should fly with babies. I would pay extra for a baby free flight. And it's just like, we're doing our best. Stop, (laughs) stop, just stop. Like, Y'all were babies at some point. And frankly, like, I don't know, I've had plenty of annoying adults on planes oh. um, that I would rather, I think I'd rather be on the kids' flight at this point. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like those early, early ones. And then someone's having a grand old conversation yes. that the whole plane can hear. Yes. I would take a crying baby probably over that. <laughs> yeah, or like those people who are having a few too many drinks and getting really, really loud. (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely take a crying baby or a whining five-year-old over that. (laughs) So once we're on the plane, Eddie, Eddie's an old enough kid that he like, he knows like the movie screen will be there. Let's go browse the shows. So he like immediately sits down, whips out his headphones, plugs them in and like looks to see what shows are on there and starts and starts watching. And then is usually outraged every time they make an announcement and his show stops. <laughs> but um, the novelty of the screen, it's another reason why I don't think we'll fly anything but Delta for at least, I would say at least five more years is that uh, because we do have, we do have direct flights from some country and those are a little, usually a little bit cheaper. They don't, they charge more for luggage, but in any case, they don't have those back of seat screens and those are sort of a deal breaker right now. Like if your airline doesn't have those like screens built in, you know, then you have, you're on the hook for downloading any entertainment options for your kids on either a tablet or a phone. So yeah, once we get on, he does that. Buddy immediately wants to sit in the seat, put the seatbelt on. And I'm like, here you go. You can sit in this seat while I put your car seat in. I have flown with her in a couple of different configurations. I think I've mentioned it before. We did the the CARES harness mm-hmm. that she tried to escape out of. That didn't go well. We've done just a seat belt, which she can easily escape out of. That didn't go well. Um, so we landed on the car seat, the Costco Finale 79 Costco seat is the (laughs) best for airline travel because she can still use her tray table. And that is really important to her having that space where she has her snacks and her iPad can sit or her Play-Doh or whatever she's doing. Um, So we usually let her sit in one of the adult seats while we get that installed. And then look, Betty, let's get in our seat. Typically, if you're flying with kids, you're going to have checked bags. Uh, Unless it's a pretty quick trip, we've managed one of those. But unless you're just going for a couple of days, you're probably going to need to check your luggage. Mm -hmm. Um, So your carry-on bag can be more strategic 
you can have a whole rolling carry on of entertainment if you really want. <laughs> I don't recommend it, but that would be an, hard to it's, it's juggle. An option. <laughs> it would be hard to juggle. Um, not everyone is a minimalist packer, so you know what a. Yeah. acknowledge that I am very much not minimalist. I try to be, and then I end up bringing like the entire house. <laughs> I'm so, like in between. So I, I, I say I'm going to be minimal and then, Oh look, we packed all the little people. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. We've never brought little people that would be heavy. The stuff to bring on board those entertainment things. And I think this is the part that a lot of people focus on when they focus on flying with kids. And I've seen it a lot on like Instagram videos and how to Mm -hmm. videos and YouTube of like packing my kids plane bag. And yes, we, we are strategic and we do this too. But to be honest, we don't bring an entire backpack of toys and activities for the kids that I've watched a couple that pack so much stuff. And I'm thinking like, but who's <laughs> doling all that stuff out? Who's keeping track of it? Who's walking back five rows when it rolls under the seat? Um, you know, like I want to be, I want to be honest about expectations yeah. or on the flight. You can't bring a bunch of stuff that's going to spill and roll around. It's just going to be stressful for you. They're going to be annoyed that they don't have their normal like stable play space. And it just, it just seems like a lot. So we, this is where I typically go fairly minimal is they bring their backpacks on board. Both of them wear their own backpacks Uh that they bring every day to school. Yes. Betty is two years old. She has a full size backpack and she wears it. Girl can do anything. Presley is the same. Like she will, yes, 100% on, put on a backpack, a purse. Like, <laughs> I swear yes. these kids are the same. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's because they have older brothers that are bigger and faster yeah. than them, and they are not cool with that. <laughs> um, so they're going to do the grown-up thing that they see their brothers doing. and. Uh-huh don't get in their way. Don't try to stop them. Yeah. Um, it, Betty can carry, carry a pretty heavy backpack. So what I'm also saying is like train your children to carry their own <laughs> stuff and it makes your life easier. <laughs> Definitely. Especially if they want to bring it. All right. Well, yeah. if you can carry it, if you can carry it. Fine. You can probably bring it, but yeah. <laughs> how old is Betty again? She's two and a half. She'll be three okay. in early October. So she is our September trip is her last free Disney trip. Oh, which is tragic. (laughs) Yes, I I feel that of them. Yes, and then we only have about a year before Eddie turns into a year and a half before Eddie becomes a Disney adult. Oh, come on! Right, like he's eight. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's gone too fast. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I pack their back regular backpacks. So Uh iPad, fine. They have their big squishy headphones. Great. Then I usually use like a small plastic. I've honestly used like plastic containers from Costco that uh-huh. used to have treats in them and make that like the play bag. And so it's like a sheet or two of stickers, her mermaid gel window clings, the tiny, tiny little container of Play-Doh, like one or two yep. of those, and then a tiny little cutter and a tiny little roller. And then usually one of those dollar spot like coloring pads that has like the magic marker 
Uh-huh. And then I always have, like, they both like writing their notes. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, Eddie likes, like, writing stories. So I will get one of those, like, tiny little moleskin notebooks and a pen so that they can do their writing. Uh-huh. But everything is really small. It all fits into, like, one little package. It's not a ton of stuff. And then it's like, all right, we can take one thing out. I like the plastic container because I can take the whole thing out and set it on my tray yeah. and then hand her the thing that she needs. And then Eddie is obviously big enough, like he can take his out, take out what he, he needs and put the rest back. Uh-huh. So that's really nice arrangement. And that is basically all that fits in their bags. Um, I do bring a small blankie on board. I usually yeah. just roll those up and put those in my bag. And then loveys and stuffies and stuff, those go in the roll-on carry-on. If you really, really need a plushie, then you need to ask at the gate and then carry that plushie on board along with your backpack. And then I usually have the snacks in my bag. The other thing that I do is I, I get like I wear my crossbody fanny pack as my purse, mm-hmm. but I also use that um on board as like, I keep the, my earbuds in there, the, like the little plug-in ones, and I'll keep like gum and suckers in there for takeoff and landing. Mm -hmm. And I strap that to the tray table because it can be, it can be right in front of me and I can tighten it up. So strap it to the tray table and then close the tray table. And then, um, everything is right in front of me. I don't have to reach under the seat for those, you know, last minute, necessities like, oh, we're taking off and I don't have any gum. Mm -hmm. Um, Eddie likes to have gum. Eddie usually has a sucker. So, so that's sort of our strategy for on the flight. Um, we really do. We go minimal with the toys just so that there's less to keep track of. Yeah. And it, I think it helps a lot. Like, honestly, they're going to be entertained with so much of what's happening on the flight anyway. Um, I don't, I don't think you have, like, unless you're going for like a five hour flight, I think three and a half is three and a half hours is pretty much one of the longer flights mm-hmm. to and from Disney in, in both land and world. So if you're, if you can manage, you know, that, um, with just a handful of toys and distractions, you should be good. Yeah. I know coast to coast is at least like four hours, I think. Yes. So I, <laughs> I did that back when I, did the college program. So without kids, <laughs> I just assume that most people are going to go to the closer park. Nicole. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> most. Yes. But sometimes, you know, they like to experience either what they call the OG park, um, or the world. So yes, that's true. I, yeah, I think a lot of people have their home park and it's oh, yes. the one that's geographically closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, Again, like it's up to the family's individual comfort level, but I don't know how many families would typically fly from like Seattle to Florida (laughs) with a toddler just because that is, that is a lot to ask. Like that's Mm -hmm. a lot to ask for them, but I'm sure some do. So yeah, in that case, like bring all the toys, (laughs) bring a whole bag. You stack that carry on. (laughs) Yes, seriously. Um, So, yeah. And then we typically do have at least some nap time on the flight. I think, you know, once you take off and the lights go down and the engines are loud, like everybody gets a little bit sleepy until they start the snack service. So, yeah. So what are your, some of your like must haves on the plane? (laughs) 
Okay, so when I take the kiddos, um, we have done so many different like configurations. I've done something similar where they're taking their own backpacks, their own supplies in there. And then I've done where like I've taken one backpack, everything is in one backpack. It, it kind of depends. And I often change it. We're still kind of like tweaking. The hard part is that, you know, my daughter is only one and a half. <laughs> so it's been a little bit difficult in like her managing her own backpack. She can't like fully take on a full one. Um, and then sometimes the mini ones are just too many to even be like useful <laughs> as far as stuff. So um, often it would be like me taking a backpack and then my son taking his school size backpack, which I love reusing stuff that we already have. Yes. I don't find too much of a point to go buy a whole different set of backpacks just for travel. So yeah, we like to just use his school backpack. We know it already works on a daily basis, so it'll probably work on the plane. Mm -hmm. And I would like throw all of their stuff in just his backpack, um, as well as snacks. And then I'd have my backpack for all of our other like backup stuff, my stuff, blah, blah, blah. And, um, more recently I did get a larger like petunia pickle bottom backpack. Mm -hmm. And so I have tried a new setup of using, um, cause I get the same like urgency of when you're, deboarding a plane of like hurry pack all this stuff up there's people behind you waiting so that's one reason why I don't tend to bring a carry-on like if I go solo like a, my Nashville trip and I was worried that the boots weren't gonna make it with me <laughs> <laughs> I did bring um a carry-on but otherwise when I go with the kids um and I know this is really just personal preference because I've heard like so back and forth but I don't like bringing a carry on. I throw air tags like in our checked luggage and I double check yeah. <laughs> that they're with us. Like before we take off, if they Sorry. weren't, I don't know what I would do. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so more recently we've done like the Petunia Pickle Bottom. Um, I forget what the backpack's called, but it's this backpack that's like made for also pumping. But I've been using, it's like super compartmentalized. And okay. so... The bottom part, I have been putting, um, they're like little mini toiletry bags. And I have found they fit the kids' tablet, headphones, a few toys, like like what you're saying. Very small, yeah. um, like the finger puppets. Yeah. The super small toys. Um, the little mini Play-Doh. We use like mm -hmm. the keychain one that yeah. has, um, you can pop in a new little party pack Play-Doh thing on it. And then it has a cutout attached to it. Nice. We take that everywhere. That fits in there. And then we usually just do like one of the similar things that you said, the magic colors um, from the dollar section or some type of like little small activity pack. Um, mm -hmm. Also something similar with writing. I usually do like the post-its, like one little crayon. Mm -hmm. um, 
So again, super minimal. And then I'll put a few snacks in there as well. But I have one of those packed for each kid. Those go in the bottom of the backpack because there's like a bottom compartment. And then the top is like all of our other stuff. We have my other snacks, like any camera gear I have. Same thing. I bring a little blanket, usually one for each of the kids. My like biggest thing that I think helps me out is that I set up, I guess, before takeoff. So like how you were saying, you have your fanny pack that's kind of, you know, filled with stuff. Mm -hmm. So that way you're not reaching down below. That's what I do with the seat backs or the little um, toiletry bags for that I have for each kid. Mm-hmm. I set those up and put them right under the seat. So once we are up, I can take those out and they have like the little hook that hooks mm-hmm. perfectly onto that seat back latch thing, at least nice. for the Southwest Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> so they work pretty well. Um, so that way the kids can actually just grab their own stuff. My daughter obviously needs a bit more help. I did share that she is technically a lap child, but usually people don't want to sit by a mom and two kids. So we can usually get away with snagging a whole row to ourselves. I really don't remember the last time that we didn't have a whole row to ourselves. Even when they're like, the plane is full, you need to take up all seats. I mean, my daughter's not two yet, but she probably looks like a three and a half year old. Mm-hmm. We just have tall kids. Yep. So they probably usually think like at least the people passing by <laughs> that she's a ticketed kid uh, and they're not going to ask for her to move. Yeah. The flight attendants usually can tell, but so we usually get away with snagging a seat for her. Nice. And I feel like I'm just like the queen because I technically, <laughs> if I paid instead of using points, I only paid for one seat and then I got two yep. for free. So nice. <laughs> that's how I kind of get away with it. But if she were sitting on my lap would be a little bit more difficult, especially as they get towards that two-year-old age and height and yes. all of that uh, growth wise, because then they get a little bulky. <laughs> I have to laugh because <laughs> for Betty, it was as she was getting towards that one-year-old age. Uh-huh. <laughs> so girl is a giant. Like I love her. I love yes. her. I love this about her. But she was definitely like over 30 pounds Uh as an 11 month old and was like, I mean, she's always at like the top of her charts for everything. Yeah. And she, I think she's wearing, she's like between a 14 and a 5T and she's (laughs) not three yet. Yeah. But, and like my coworker's daughter is going to kindergarten and they wear the same size shoe. So (laughs) Betty, like our last flight as a lap infant was when she was 11 months old Okay, and we did not, and I'm a bigger person too. So yeah. like we did not have enough space and she mm-hmm. spent that whole flight kicking me like in the face oh. and messing with stuff and we did not have an extra seat. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I like as much as I love the savings and as much as we have to pay like several hundred dollars for flights. Uh-huh. I started paying for her flights as soon as she turned one because I couldn't, I could not, I couldn't function. Like I can't imagine the last two years of flights um, <laughs> with her on my lap. I like that level of stress for me. It was fine when she was seven months old. She did great. And then after that, it was like hard pass. Nope. Yeah. Nope. She's big. She's, <laughs> she needs her own space. It's just like co-sleeping. Like don't yeah. touch me. I need to sit here. 
And I don't know. I mean, I think your daughter and my daughter are really similar. We're like, those girls are smart. They see those, <laughs> their brother has his own seat. Yeah. They see that their brother has his own tray table, his own snacks, his own setup, and they're going to have it too. Like you just, <laughs> those second borns are just strong willed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. They, they take no nonsense. So anyway, anyway. Well, and that's where I have to be really strategic. And this is where Southwest just really comes into like play with us. So like I said, I'm not bringing a carry on because Southwest, you get two free checked luggage and that's per person. My son, even though he has my companion pass, he still gets two free checked luggage. So at most, we're usually just taking two checked luggage. Yeah. And that way I don't have to worry about added fees. Um, and then also just extra, extra luggage, like carrying onto the plane with me. Yep. Uh, so I take advantage of that. And then with the open seating, I did share how I like to take one of the first few open rows. And what I have found is that once the plane really starts to fill up on those, um, those fuller flights where the, you know, the, they're announcing this is a full flight, you know, everyone's going to be shoulder to shoulder. Every seat's going to be taken. That is usually not true. So if I sit towards the front (laughs) and this is just my own little, like (laughs) my own little science experiment. (laughs) So people usually walk towards the back and it's the people that are in in like the C boarding group, they are usually individuals and they're, yeah. or they're like a, a couple um, where they just, you know, are more flexible in where they can sit. Yep. And so they usually keep heading towards the back because they want to find, you know, an open seat or whatever is available at that point. So they usually already pass me and my two kids and are technically one free open seat yeah. that is up towards the front and people don't like to turn around to go back towards the front so they just take whatever is open um, either towards the middle or the back of the plane so that's how I usually (laughs) luck out with getting a whole row to myself hopefully Southwest doesn't catch on to this but (laughs) the one thing that did help me out with this is when we were flying um, with my son and my husband's really tall my son was pushing that two-year-old age limit also really tall Mm -hmm. and I also myself have um, some baby weight. So (laughs) I were, you know, we're not a a tiny family and we would struggle if I had to have my kid on the lap. Mm -hmm. So the flight attendant told us, put the baby in the middle, like just put the baby in the middle and no one sat. So I've taken that advice. So it technically came from Southwest. (laughs) I think Southwest is unique too, because they, I know they have like a passenger of size policy where people who are larger can uh-huh. book two tickets. Mm-hmm. They can pay for two tickets. And then after the flight, they can be reimbursed for one of them. Oh, okay. Or they can also, this is from the Disney Parks for Plus Size Guests Facebook group that I've joined okay. this. Um, but they can also, if you are a bigger person, a plus size person, you can take a seat and they'll like, you can get ask for a little placard. And you can like actually set it on the seat next to you. Uh-huh. And then just like, as long as it's not an oversold flight, you get an extra seat just, you know, so that your body can be accommodated oh. and, and you don't have to pay for it. So they actually like you, if you really, really know you need that extra space, like you can reserve it, pay for it and then get reimbursed. Or you can just ask when you check in and they'll give you a little thing to put on the seat. And I think that this is part of the same conversation. Like they 
from what I can tell, and I'm, you know, I'm not an expert, but from Uh what I can tell, Southwest doesn't overfill their flights because they have those accommodation measures in place. And so for both families with little kids and for people who might need an extra seat, I'm guessing that they leave a small portion of the seats unfilled or, you know, they simply just don't oversell the way that other flights do. Uh And this could be flight to flight. This could vary. This could depend on your route or the time of the flight. Um, But I think that that might be part of it. Like they're just sort of like they're checked luggage thing that two bags free like I think they just might do things better than some yeah. other airlines I love so, them <laughs> yeah yeah I, I've been loyal thing. like that's the that's the message though right like yeah I hear that from everybody who flies them like oh I love Southwest oh I love Southwest like I want to fly Southwest could you please have some direct flights to the places I'm going please slash anywhere there are no direct flights from minneapolis on southwest and we're just and they're and they're not cheap from here i think we're just too far from everything so mm-hmm. so i'm jealous but yeah. yeah i think that might be part of it um why you've had such good luck with that which is delightful it is yeah and i i would 100 say that southwest is a, a different I, I don't know like how you were saying they just think about things a little bit differently and i do really think that they try to accommodate families but then everyone so well and yes. even when flying like during the pandemic and everything and i had so much anxiety about after seeing those videos of people getting kicked off and whatnot we flew several times during the whole mask mandate on the planes and we never had a problem they were very understanding and you know they would see that i was actively trying to comply with all of that with my kiddo and they were just so understanding and it's just through to this day so i'm I'm definitely loyal to them (laughs) that's amazing i we've had really nice experiences on delta for mm-hmm. the most part, there have been some struggles, mostly like pre-flight with like seat assignments changing and stuff like that. But one of the things that there are two, really like two or three reasons that we stick with them. One is that direct flight because yeah. that's necessary. Two is if you have their Sky Miles American Express card, then you get a free checked bag for each ticket. Oh. So that like that's a huge deal for us. Yes. Like being able to have right now because um I usually book three or four tickets on that card. We usually check three bags. And then we just have the, we basically bring the roll on carry on so that we have our change of clothes and our hatch and the noise mm-hmm. machine and the magic bands and the ears for the day, <laughs> basically just at the ready because it's more convenient. We don't yeah. have to have that stuff. Uh, it's just convenient. And then, you know, my husband can bring that on board. And then looking at, like, we've looked at some country flights and they are typically cheaper, mm-hmm. but you pay you pay $30 for a roll-on carry-on yeah. and $30 for each check bag or 40 maybe. I think it's more for the check bag. Uh-huh. Um, but I I don't want to fly an airline where I have to pay 30 bucks for a, che- a carry-on bag. Like that seems <laughs> absolutely crazy to me. And now Delta is offering free in-flight Wi-Fi for SkyMiles members. So SkyMiles or Amex members, I, I can't remember which it is, but either way, like we'll be able to use their Wi-Fi for free that's a on perk. our upcoming flights. Yeah, that's a huge perk because that in-flight Wi-Fi, it's usually like 40 bucks for one connection and for the entire flight. And it's like, 
I mean, no, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Nothing. Yeah. So not so that my, just so my kids can watch kids YouTube. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's a nice perk. It seems like some of those nicer perks are starting to show up in the more um, mm-hmm. mainstream airlines. And I think that I'm hopeful that they're just looking at Southwest and like how Southwest handles customer service and is yes. sort of setting the bar higher, like just do a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. And so So as far as our flight, even just picking our flight time is a big deal, kind of also depending on like what I bring. And so we've flown like all different times of the day. I would like to say it was so that I could test out (laughs) what time works best, but it's usually just because what's a nonstop or and or what's like the cheaper amount. (laughs) Yep. So we've done early morning, mid morning, right in the middle of the day, evening, like 7pm. And then we've also done 9pm, which has been difficult. But if I'm able to get that time of the day where I know the kids can nap, that saves me so much. And so like what you were saying with Eddie and that he knows the plane, like he gets on and does his thing. That's the same thing with my son Hunter. He gets on, he sits down, he usually whips out his iPad, he gets himself set up. Um, and it, he usually gets settled with like his iPad, tablet, and some snacks. And then while he's doing that, I'm <laughs> wrestling my daughter. <laughs> yep. And also like fingers <laughs> crossed that no one wants to come sit in our row. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so while they see that I'm wrestling my daughter, that usually works. Um, but when we go to take off, so I try to use this to my advantage. And I found that when I don't, my daughter usually stays up for the whole flight. So she like is technically a lap child. So usually the flight attendants will tell me that I need to have her on my lap during takeoff and landing. Mm -hmm. So I'll put her on my lap and just kind of like hug her, cuddle her. And a lot of the time that whole takeoff where it does get loud and noisy, I don't know if it scares her or if it's just like a extra loud white noise machine. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But I use that to my advantage and I just really try my freaking hardest <laughs> to rock her and get her to go to sleep. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I have to make sure at that point that I have all my stuff set up because once she goes to sleep, if she's in my arms, she usually is staying in my arms. So I use that that third seat as like a way to prop up my legs and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So she usually stays out a majority of the flight. And like you were saying, our flight to Orlando or Disneyland is like around three hours max and so she'll usually stay asleep that first like good chunk of the flight um so i don't have to worry about her my son he has himself set up he now that he's a little bit older and you know can have more fun things He knows that he needs to stay up until they come around with the snacks. So (laughs) he's like got his iPad set up. He's doing whatever on that. He knows he must have his headphones on if he expects to listen to it. Um, Because that's one thing I can't stand is when he like noise is playing from like a personal device. Yep. No, you need the headphones, everyone. <laughs> do you do you start training them at home for that? Yeah, and I think it's just also, I mean, it wasn't a, we hopped on our first flight and it happened. It 
you know, it's built up over time. Yeah. Um, but often, yes, when he's at home or even when we're like in the car with headphones, we need to have them on because I just too much. <laughs> yep. Too much noise. Too yeah. Much happening. We totally were terrible parents and we let them have their iPads at the table frequently. Uh-huh. And I like at some point I'm like, okay, I, everybody put your headphones in because I can't handle all of this noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I put mine in and just turn on noise cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. But I definitely make them practice or part of it is that I don't want to hear the noise yeah. on the iPad, but I don't want the plane. I didn't want the plane to be the first time that they had to wear these headphones. So yes. I mean, Betty's been rocking out with her headphones <laughs> for well over a year um, because her brother was doing it. So she was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And her brother was doing it because I was like, Eddie, please use headphones. Like, that's really loud. And that's fine if you want to listen to it, but let's put your headphones on. (laughs) So that works pretty well. Um, And now they keep trying to steal my podcast headphones. (laughs) My son has, yeah, these have become his most recent favorite. And I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to at least need to know where they're at. So, (laughs) yeah, because... He um he got a guitar for his birthday and it's an electric guitar because have I told you this? He um wants to be like Aerosmith from Rock and Roller uh, Coaster. Oh <laughs> so Rock and Roller Coaster unlocked a new like passion, and that was Aerosmith and also electric guitars. <laughs> Fun. <for laughs> so it mom. all com- it all comes back to Disney World. <laughs> It yeah. all comes back to a Disney ride. So he got an electric guitar and an amp for his eighth birthday. And he and his dad have been doing like YouTube tutorial videos for lessons. Cute. And he discovered that like, ooh, mom's good podcast headphones should be plugged <laughs> into my amplifier. Oh. And then only I hear my guitar. And that is so cool. Which is also like, yes, please do that. I would agree. That's so cool. <laughs> please continue this. Like that's a, yeah, that's so a good cause. <laughs> I'm okay sharing. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so it's just a matter of time before Betty tries to steal him. Um, so yeah, my son, he has his tablet going, headphones on, and it is my husband's job. Um, unsaid, but this is just how it goes. It's my husband's job, husband's job to download movies before we go, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. he's going or not. That's his thing. He just always does it. That's yeah, that's what he does. Um, because Southwest, most of them don't have the like video, the cool video in the in the back or in the yeah. back headrest. Um, so we just rely on our tablets and whatnot. My daughter doesn't really even use hers. It's just the same thing. She sees brother doing it. She has her headphones. Um, she doesn't always keep them on her. Her head's it just she, her head is now growing into like the Amazon kid headphones, but it's just like the novelty for her. Yeah. So she's usually passed out. My son, he knows to wait till snacks come around. And then his thing is he gets out the little placard in the back of the seat pocket and he shows them what drinks we get. And this has just recently become like his part of our airplane routine. Um, He's allowed to get one of the little sodas. And so he knows that mom gets Dr. Pepper and he gets Diet Coke. (laughs) He's looking at me right now, smiling like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So by this time, we've just really used like a minimal amount of stuff. Um, So drinks came around, snacks. My son watches his tablet, does whatever on there, probably for a little bit longer. They collect the trash and then whatever it is in him, he just naturally 
puts stuff away and falls asleep. <laughs> and I am all for it. Like, yeah, all for that. Um, very few times does he stay awake. I, I'm trying to think back to the last time, like, he stayed awake on a plane. And I can't really remember. It's my daughter, the fierce little second child that she is. <laughs> if she yeah. doesn't go to sleep, like, early when we're taking off, she probably is not falling asleep the whole time. And that's when I'll have to like probably dip into all of our snacks and just go through everything. She's on the floor, upside down in the chair, all the things, even while brother's sleeping. (laughs) Total second child. But (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Right. She, uh, as long as I have her asleep um, early on, she's pretty good. And so they usually also somehow naturally, and it might be them coming on the like overcom thing, announcing, okay, yeah. we're about to land in 30 minutes. This is our last sweep through the cabin. All of that. I think that kind of wakes them up often. And that's usually when they're up. And when I get back out either the tablets, by that time, it's usually they're over that. That's when I whip out the different like toys or little coloring stuff. Mm -hmm. My daughter, she's a savage that she likes to bite off the tips of the coloring markers. (laughs) And then she'll probably throw. (laughs) So take her on a fishing boat. She'll probably be the one to like, you know how they bite the head off the fish and spit it out as like, good luck. That'll be her. So Okay, I have a fishing boat and I have never done that. I think it's like we watch those Alaskan fishing shows. Yeah. So whenever the rookie goes out, that's their like initiation. That's the only like context I have of that. That's so gross. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's so funny. So at least my daughter only does it with the little markers. So those usually end up toxic, mom. Right. Um, I've had them end up on the floor and also rolled a few, few rows back. I've definitely left, left them on the plane before. And that's another reason why I take toys that are like very low value. So like those little finger puppets that I grab, they're in our grocery store and it's five of them for $5. So if we leave Mr. Incredible on the floor, you know, he was only a dollar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Luckily I we had that happen and the lady behind us, you know, she didn't want to keep it. So she gave it back to us, but yeah, that's a roll around. I've gotten a phone from like four rows back. I've gotten a phone that's come up to me before. (laughs) Yeah. So it falls and it rolls to the back of that plane. Yeah. If it has like any value, I probably would not bring it. Um, but those cheap little, toys or whatnot, you know, if your kid yeah. likes to bite them, eat crayons, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> let them. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so, it, at this point, it's every man for himself and like, just survive, like just get through, just get well, through. And at this point, you can usually see the ground. And so you're like, okay, we're so close to the finish line. Yep. It's like, this is our like little last ditch effort, whatever yep. snacks, whatever that is. And so this is also the time where I'm thinking like, okay, we got to start packing up this and that. And so that's why I like having those little toiletry bags or like what you're saying, your kids each have their own backpack. Then you just throw everything in there so you can get off that plane quickly. That's definitely what what helps, I guess, kind of ease my anxiety. I always get like, once we 
land and people start standing up. That's <laughs> that's what peaks mine. But yeah. as far as my and time I, on the plane, yeah. I definitely just take an approach of like, we're going last. <laughs> we're, just, we're just not going to worry about it. We're just yeah. not going to worry about it. We're going to be the last ones off the plane. We'll be the last ones into the bathroom. We'll be the last ones to the bus, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm just not going to worry about it. Yeah. And honestly, like there's a lot of standing around and waiting in, in flights and mm-hmm. like hopping out of your seat as soon as the air, the air belt sign, the seatbelt sign goes off. Doesn't really do a whole lot. Like standing in the aisle doesn't really do a whole Hatched lot. <laughs> exactly. Like running out of the flight and to baggage claim to stand there and wait for them to unload the bags doesn't mm-hmm. really do a whole lot. Like we usually yeah. arrive as the bags are already circling. And like uh-huh. the last, I want to say the last four times, we just walked right up, grabbed our bags and left. Like they were there, <laughs> they were ready. And it you know, like minimizing our, I'd rather like wait where the kids are still slightly contained and Mm -hmm. yes, we're all excited, but like just reinforcing to them that like, no, we don't have to have our pants on fire just because the seatbelt side went off. We can, we can take it chill. Um, that reminded me. So your comments reminded me of a couple of things. One is I don't, I see this a lot on Instagram. It's very cute looking, but I find it for us in com- like just not practical is um, those like either bento boxes or like the tackle boxes with snacks with like a bunch of different mm-hmm. little snacks in a bunch of different little compartments. And then you give yeah. the kid the whole tray with all the snacks at once. <laughs> Every time with the I little bopper in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I always look at it and I'm like, but now you've just blown your whole snack game uh-huh. in one go. And also if they spill it, everything is gone and yes. kids are kids and they spill. Um, yeah. And also like the chances of them spilling it are greater because that's a big old tray. And uh-huh. so I don't like, I like to dole out snacks one at a time and keep them guessing. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you do? No, I do the exact same. So I love the bench go boxes. Like I use those in the parks. I, yeah, my kids use those for school lunch, but my thought process is the same because for a chunk of the time on the plane, you can't have the seat back down. So what are you going to do? Put that in your kid's lap. I know my kid is not keeping that in their lap and it's going to go on the floor squished and no. So I agree that they're super cute and practical if you want to go to like a splash pad, the park. But even for a road trip, I would not do that. And I mean, it could be kid to kid, family to family, what your kid can handle. I could totally see it for an older kiddo that yeah. is not so clumsy toddler wise. But my kids where we're at right now, they could not handle that. I couldn't handle it because I'd be the one holding it. So I agree. Individual snacks, whether they're in a Ziploc bag or in a prepackaged bag, totally agree because I have the power. (laughs) If you want a snack, you're going to sit your little bottom down. (laughs) They both know that like they have their own lunch bags. And so they both Uh know that I've packed their lunch bags and then they can look at what's in there, but they take one thing out uh-huh. and maybe two maybe if they want like goldfish and an applesauce they can take two things out but we're not going to leave the whole bag open it's going to get zipped up and put back in the backpack 
And then mm-hmm. it's ready, you know, when they are ready for the next thing, they're ready for yeah. the next thing. I usually start them off with like a sucker or something like that because for the takeoff, but also because like, Ooh, it's a, fa- it's a treat. Like we get yeah. to, it's six in the morning and we're having candy, you know? So there's <laughs> some like excitement around that. And really it's just a yeah, lollipop. Definitely. But the other thing is with your daughter and the sleeping situation uh-huh. and like having to hold her. Um, so I'm, I am so debating whether or not we bring the car seat again on the flight for Disneyland in September, because Mm -hmm. it's an extra step. It's an extra thing to lug. It's not exactly small, Yeah, but my daughter actually slept on the flight both there and back. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have to nurse her to sleep. I didn't have to give her melatonin to sleep. She just went to sleep and she actually fell asleep like 30 minutes before we landed. So she took a nap all on her own mid-flight. And it was because she had her boot, her car seat, and it was like mm-hmm. a support for her head. And normally, yeah. like they're so small that their heads are in the middle of the seat, and there's nowhere, like there's nowhere for them to put their head. There's no pillow. There's no like headrest. So in her car seat, booster seat thing, like there's a headrest, and she was able to just, you know lean her head to the side and close her eyes and take a nap like she does in the car. And that was really, really nice. Like I, I really valued that. Um, We had it at that point because it was like, this wouldn't have happened. I'd be holding (laughs) this 35 pound child Uh Um, and girls heavy, you know? (laughs) And then I can't, it it was actually really nice too to like use that time to get everything packed away because Uh she was asleep. I didn't have to think about what she was up to. Um, you know, Eddie was watching Encanto or something on the back of the screen. And I, I was like, no, just iPad away, put everything away. You can leave your headphones out, but it's time to pack up. And then we were ready to go, you know, ready to go. That's definitely like a stressor for me is having everything packed well before we land or well before they come around for like the final check and, and yeah review and make sure that your bags are tucked in and all of that. Yeah. So my kids, (laughs) my son, I have a few pictures of him. He like somehow fits his whole body in kind of like a fetal position on the plane. He usually sits by the window. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's like in his seat fetal position with his blanket on him. He's still buckled because that's one thing that the flight attendants will come around and just, you know, is he buckled up? And I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) he's still technically buckled somehow under there. (laughs) Um, And then my daughter, it's kind of like where she lands. And I can't promise that I'm always in the best position, but um, it's when she was younger and I had like a baby carrier once we were done taking off and not landing, uh, it was easier to just hold her in that. And then also having like the tush baby, even though I had a a flight attendant one time say, you know, this contraption's a little new to me, but I I think I'm going to have, have to have you take it off while we're taking off. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to like, yeah, hold her on my lap. Uh, sometimes I can get away with like laying her down. And so, like I said earlier, I use that third seat to kind of prop my leg up or whatnot. So I'll have, my body turned and I'm technically taking up two seats with my legs elevated and she's like laying on my thighs. Um, but she doesn't fit in really a baby carrier in a way that it's comfortable for us anymore. Yeah. Um, but 
in my tip of the week, I'll, I'll share what I use now um, in lieu of the baby carrier when I, when I have her sleeping with me. I'll save that for the tip of the week. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, I always did ring slings with Betty. Like we're just slings were sort of my go-to baby carrier. Yeah. One, because I'm busty and then having a baby in front just added more <laughs> to what I can't see. Um, and I just felt so incredibly top heavy all the time. Uh-huh. Um, and so it just worked better. Like both of my kids, I used ring slings with for her because you can do a hip carry. That was like, that was my go-to, like she'd be on my hip and I just put her in the sling mm-hmm. and then I'm mostly hands-free a little bit harder on the plane because the plane aisle is narrow. So I'd have yeah. to like swing her forwards. Um, but that she technically could still go in the ring sling. She just won't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which that's how that goes. But that was, that was exactly what we did for um, flights when she, when she was an infant was I would just have her in the ring sling. Like I'd nurse her and mm-hmm. she'd fall asleep. And then I'd, hold her in the sling because it was less weight and stress on my arms. Um, and that was really nice. Like that, that really helped a lot. So if you have an infant, like, I think that that really helps. We talk about infants, like, I mean, cause the under two crowd can technically be a lap infant, but we all know that a one and a half year old is (laughs) not an infant. No, they are just, no, no, they are a rip roaring toddler and you just, you do what you have to do. Um, Eddie has definitely done the same thing and like laid across the seat and across our laps when it, like when it was just the three of us and he was four, he'd lay down and sleep in the plane. We don't have, I know they make like contraptions where you can like blow it up mid flight and it becomes a, like a seat extension for kids Uh on flights. And like, you can put a pillow or a blanket, basically someplace for them to put their legs or lay their heads. Yeah. And those all seem like really nice ideas, but again, it's another thing to carry on the flight. It's another (laughs) thing that you have to manage and remember. The logistics. Um, Yeah. And for the short duration of the flight, like honestly, three hours, and our flights honest are usually less than that mm-hmm. three hours. Like, and you can't put it up until after you put your tray tables down and then you have to put it down before they start descending. So it's just for the amount of time that it's probably up. Yeah. I don't know that it's worth one, the money or the hassle. No, and I don't. I agree. At that, <laughs> at that elevation, like that practicality, you have to blow it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> So you're going to be extra lightheaded. Don't I didn't you even that think about that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I got you covered with some free, free, you know, <laughs> boozy. That's so funny. Just, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. So practicality. I, yeah. It's going to be a pass for me. <laughs> yeah. Pass for me too. I think if we were doing a red eye flight, Mm-hmm. Or if we were flying, you know, like it typically flights from here to like London are six hours. If we were doing something like that, yes, yes. absolutely. Yes, I will bring it on board and we'll get those blown up and those kids will lay down and sleep. <laughs> so I totally see how they'd be useful. Or if somebody is doing that Seattle to Disney World red eye flight mm-hmm. with a toddler, like this is probably for you. Yes. Um, but I don't think we would use it on a shorter. Yeah. Yeah, it's just shorter and 
yeah, again, like it's another thing to pack. It's another thing to manage. It's another thing to maintain. I do bring, I've mentioned this before. I do bring the kids blankets on board. We're hot bodied people. So we don't usually need blankets on planes, but occasionally like when we were on the ground in January for four hours and it was 10 degrees outside, that plane was pretty chilly. So um, they do sometimes get their blankies out and snuggle up. Um, And that's, that's fine. That's cool. Um, And then sometimes they'll use plushies as pillows, but again, it just depends on what the mood is, what the temperature is, what the energy level is, what time of day it is. Um, And it sort of goes back to like being prepared, but also just knowing your kids. Like my kids can entertain themselves pretty well with the stuff that we bring on board and with that, you know, either an iPad or a seat back player or both. They usually use both. And I always look at it as like, I try to segment the trip into like 30 minute timeframes. Like, all right, we're going to get on board and for 30 minutes we'll be seated. And then for 30 minutes, we're going to have takeoff. And then for 30 minutes, we'll be able to take our tray tables down and then snacks will come. And now we only have an hour left. <laughs> so <laughs> so Yeah. Those little hurdles that are going to get you there. <laughs> So Nicole, how do you think you just did a road trip to (laughs) California and how do you think that went or, you know, how does that compare to your flight process? So I've, we've done a road trip before, both from California to here and then from um, North Carolina to Texas. So I've done, you know, halfway across the country road trips three times with one toddler. And this time we're adding a second toddler. I added a dog. We could take that whole part out because <laughs> most people probably aren't bringing their dog to Disney World. Uh, it was a whole different just like thought process because we're going to be in one confined space a lot longer. Obviously, the kids are in car seats, so they're contained their body is contained, but their frustration of being in a car for a long amount of time is not contained. And my daughter let me know that. (laughs) So driving across, um, I actually just looked at it. Driving from here to California is almost exactly the same amount of time as driving from here to Florida. To Florida, it's like two hours less. I even talked about this to my husband. Am I ever... Or do I ever have plans on driving to Disney World straight to just go to Disney World? And I told him there is no way I'm going to drive to Disney World over flying because the amount of time it took. I mean, for us, it's 18 to 20 hours and that's straight driving. That's not breaks. We we have to break often. I do have, you know, my four-year-old is fully potty trained. (laughs) So we have mastered, you know, very side of the road pit stops, but... I right now can't justify driving over the prices of flights, Um, at least going out to California, heading more west, gas prices doubled. And so when you kind of compare that with how much we're filling up gas uh, there and back, it really probably ended up being more expensive than if we were to pay for flights. That's And that's without using any points or companion pass or anything. So for us as a family of four with three ticketed passengers, it is more expensive to drive than to fly. For that families. is intense. I, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that portion of it, that it's just so much more expensive. It is. And I, I get it. A lot of families I know I have seen drive down from like Canada. And if you have a larger family or you're coming from an expensive like flight area, 
where it's $800 a person, yeah. I can I can get driving. That part makes sense. But you do have to factor, factor in, it takes us three days to comfortably drive. And yep. uh, one of our driving days was 12 hours. So oh gosh, it, that's three days of just full of driving. We have to stop for hotels. So minimum, I mean, $100 a night for a hotel. We're stopping a lot more for food and snacks. Yeah. I mean, every gas station, you got to go in and get an icy, right? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> not, not to mention all of the gear that I prepped before. So all of the toys that I said I didn't bring on the plane, those get brought on <laughs> Oh yes. in the car with us. I had tubs of just entertainment because you need entertainment for in the car while we're moving. So stickers, the little writing tablets, their actual tablets, all of that yeah. stuff. But the brakes outside of the car, bubbles, chalk, like different stuff that they can actually move their body to somewhat get them tired for when we get back in the car. It was, yeah, I would 100% pick a two and a half to three hour flight over driving for three days. Yeah, I (laughs) I agree. I had a friend in middle school who drove to Disney World every summer and it is a 24 hour drive straight through from here. (laughs) And I don't know, like it was a different time, Uh (laughs) but I don't know what they were thinking because I would not be able to do that. Like that, that would just be, that's too much. And we would, we would have to make several stops and like, mm-hmm. I don't know how we would even approach that or begin to manage that. So. Yeah. I've heard of people um, driving during the night because there's less traffic and the kids <laughs> sleep, but what do you do? Yeah. Like when do you sleep? Yeah, exactly. Because that's not Safe. So I, w- we were also talking about that on the drive. Like, how how do you do that? <laughs> it wouldn't even work for us because I mean, it would. But eight hours is to Chicago. Like, <laughs> we yeah. we wouldn't even be in the right <laughs> half of the country yet. No. And there's a lot more daytime than there is overnight. You know, like that. That would just be. It's a nice idea <laughs> um, if you can if you can swing it, but. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that would work for us. Yeah. So I think again, I mean, it really comes down to like your family and your expenses. But as far as I'm looking at it, it's cheaper, more economical, and just for my own sanity and like even just the time. I can fly and be in the park on the same day. Whereas if we were to drive, it would be four days later until I'd be in the park. Yeah. Even just thinking about that stresses me out. Um, (laughs) Nope. We are not a driving family. (laughs) Maybe someday. (laughs) Yeah. If we have five more kids, um, maybe, (laughs) but we are not going to. So (laughs) Uh, Nope. I'm done. So we're just going to fly. Same. All right, so let's move into our tip of the week. Yes. So my tip of the week is something that um, I discovered. I don't know if this happens to everybody, if it's just us, or if it was just my sister, but she was having a really hard time with the um, the airline app at the airport where she like could not get her boarding pass to pull up. And you know, we were just going to drop off our bags. We had already checked in, la, la, la. Mm-hmm. And she could not get her boarding pass to pull up. She could not get the app to load. And Wi-Fi, I don't know, It's it seems like it should work at the airport, but I've had trouble with it before where it's been spotty in places. And it gave her so much stress and anxiety that she couldn't get her boarding pass pulled up. And I was like, okay, note to self, always <laughs> put it in wallet. And then also always screenshot it just so that you have that 
because it's just really a QR code and then mm-hmm. they scan it. And then if you have pre-check, it says it has pre-check right on it. Just take a screenshot of it, sort of similar to like lightning lane tip of the week. Like just take a screenshot so you remember it. Hey, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> She's waking up. Hey, girl. <laughs> She's just cuddling mama. <laughs> oh, sweet baby. <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, that's In her... In her princess nightgown. Oh, adorable. <laughs> That's funny. Presley came earlier with uh, her little <laughs> Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse pajamas and some crazy bedhead. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. This girl. Her bed hair is. Your hair is amazing. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, she's headbanging. Oh. All right. We got to let Nicole do her tip of the week. All right. And my tip of the week. So going back to it, I kind of shared how my little sleeps on me um, while we are flying. So she doesn't fit in the baby carrier anymore. And the tush baby is also pushing its max. (laughs) So what I started doing is I make sure I either bring um, a little blanket of hers just a small one. We're not bringing a comforter on the plane. A smaller baby-like blanket of hers. I like those light, like muslin fabric kind. Bring that. Or I sometimes like to tie one of those, um, I don't know, like button up. They call them like boyfriend shirts, (laughs) like the flannel type ones. I make sure I bring one of those or the baby blanket. And what I do is I put her on my lap when she's sleeping, I take that and I wrap it around her much like you're going to use one of like the slings, um, baby wrap type thing, but this is just a blanket that folds really, really small. So I wrap that around her. She's, we're chest to chest. She's facing my chest, wrap that around her back. And then I tuck it underneath my armpits as tight as I can. This is allowing me to almost like be completely hands-free. Of course, I need to make sure that my, (laughs) my arms stay closed, um, (laughs) or she might pop out. (laughs) But I just, yeah, need to make sure my arms stay closed with keeping her in there. Um, But it allows my arms to relax so much more. I'm not having to bring a full-on baby carrier that can sometimes be big and bulky, something I'm not using for the entire like duration of being in the airport and the flight. Using that small little blanket just really allows her to have some support, my arms to have a rest, and her to be in a safe place where I can still cradle her and hold her but it's just a less impact on my arms. They don't fall asleep. So she's just chest to chest with me sitting on my lap while being supported by this blanket. It keeps her warm if she's cold and I can easily fold it up and put it away in the bag, super tiny. So I make sure I bring that on every flight. There was one flight I recently forgot and my arms definitely let me know. It, it was not fun. So that's just one thing I make sure that I bring on every time. So you can use it as like a little pillow rest, hold the baby up to keep warm. But I love being able to use it to hold my technically unticketed lap child <laughs> if she falls asleep, when she falls asleep, fingers crossed. on the. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's helpful. Definitely helpful. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's going to wrap up today's show. Uh, Nicole, where can listeners find you online? So my handle is Bibbidi Bobbidi Bestie on Instagram and all social media channels. 
And you can find me on Instagram at pixiebest underscore parent. I'm so glad you guys joined us and stay tuned for our next episode where we talk about DAS, the Disability Access Services Pass at Disney World and Disneyland that allows you to wait for a ride outside of the queue and pre-book experiences. We'll talk about who the pass is designed for and our experiences using them at Disneyland and Disney World. So please make sure that you subscribe, follow us on Instagram for the latest podcast episodes. And if you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.